This podcast is produced by members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it is not an official podcast of the Church. All thoughts, opinions, and views expressed are strictly those of the authors and speakers. I believe in Christ. He is my King. All my heart to Him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy. In grand amens my tongue employ. Welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I am your host, Conrad Southworth. Uh, If you're new to this podcast, this is um, a podcast where I talk about the Come Follow Me lesson uh, for this week from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, manual, uh, Come Follow Me for Individuals and Families. And I also talk about church news uh, in the past week for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So um, welcome to the podcast. Uh, This is episode 33, where we'll be talking about August 19th through 25th, 1 Corinthians chapters 1 through 7, be perfectly joined together. Um, If you'd like to check out the podcast or get a hold of me, just head over to IBelieveInChrist.net and the information is there. And music on the episode is from the band Colobite, and you can check them out on Spotify, YouTube, or other music listening platforms. Anyway, uh, that's it for introduction. We'll move on to the church news for the week. Who did gain all his father had. Who said to men, come follow me, that ye my friends with God may be. All right, for church news this week, there were a few articles. Um, starting off, the first temple in Portugal opens to the public. So uh, a free open house will be hella, will begin Saturday, August 17th, and run through Saturday, August 31st, 2019, except for Sundays. Uh, and the open house will be from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. And um, yeah, so if you're in Portugal, you can go check that out. Uh, moving on to the next bit of news. The church released a statement about the word of wisdom, clarifying um, or re-clarifying some things uh, that some members or people may have had issues with, Um, but it talks about specifically vaping e-cigarettes, green tea, coffee-based products, and uh, marijuana and opioids, opioids, however you say it. Um, So if you have any questions about the word of wisdom or anything, you can go read the read up on the statement um, that was put out from the church. And then lastly, and actually that last one will kind of fit into uh, some of the lesson this week. Um, but lastly, the church launches protection training for leaders of children and youth. Uh, so there's an online course that will now be available and required for all uh, members of the church that serve in callings that interact with youth. And it is to help the leaders uh, identify signs of abuse um, in children or um, to better protect the children in the church. So the website is protectingchildren.churchofjesuschrist.org. And um, the church leaders in your ward or stake will be able to see who has completed and who has not completed uh, the training. Um, There's a quote here from Sister Joy D. Jones that says, We take Jesus Christ's teachings about children and youth very seriously. He welcomed them into his presence and gave stern warnings against abusing, bullying, or hurting them in any way. Jesus said of children, 
of such is the kingdom of God. His deep concern for children and youth must continue to be our deep concern. And so uh, it goes on to talk about all the uh, different callings that are required to um, complete this training. And so uh, if you serve in a um, calling that interacts with children, I just recommend you can go check it out or go to that website, protectingchildren.churchofjesuschrist.org. Um, but it goes on to say, Latter-day Saint leaders registered in... Oh, sorry. So if you're registered in scouting as well. Um, but it goes on to say... In addition to those working with children and youth, parents and others are encouraged to complete the training. The training is designed to increase awareness, highlight policies, and identify best practices for supervising and interacting with children and youth. It it also helps leaders know how to prevent and respond to abuse. Leaders and specialists from child protection organizations, family therapists, and other professionals participated in the creation and evaluation of the new training. So uh, I think this is a really, really great uh, announcement, and I know that there are members uh, in the church and those that have left the church because of um, the way that children have been treated in the past or uh, sensitivity to issues uh, involving children, and so I think this is a a phenomenal step in the right direction um, that the church has put this out. So um, I, serving as a Deacon's Corn president, or president, sorry, advisor, uh, will have to go, uh, we'll be doing this, and so maybe I'll, when I do it, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, But that's it for the church news this week, so we will continue on to the lesson, uh, lesson 33, 1 Corinthians chapters 1 through 7, be perfectly joined together. In his eternal courts above. All right, like I said, uh, episode 33 for August 19th through 25th, 1 Corinthians chapters 1 through 7. So this is the first uh, epistle to the Corinthians, first letter that it, uh, Paul has written to them. Um, in this, the saint, or he's writing to the saints in Corinth that he baptized back in the book of Acts. Um, and so he's just reaching out. They, it, they wrote him a letter with a bunch of questions, and he responds with what we have as first and uh, second, and I believe third and fourth Corinthians as well. Um, anyway, so are at least three letters he wrote. Anyway, uh, during his time, so he's in Ephesus, he writes these letters out to the uh, saints in Corinth, and there is a lot of great doctrine in here, so um, take your time as you're studying these, and um, I took a lot of notes from just these first seven chapters. But the first thing that the manual talks about and the first thing it talks about in chapter 1 is the unity of the, sta- of the saints. Uh, so Paul's pleading with the saints to be unified. Um, so in verse 13, he says, is Christ divided? So he's just trying to get them to understand that they need to be unified. And he's like, is Christ divided? He's not divided. Uh, Christ is one. He, his mission is unified. Him, uh, God the Father and the Holy Ghost are unified in their purpose. And so he's trying to get us to understand that it is this unity of the saints that brings strength 
uh, into this church and uh, bring strength into to God's teachings. And I think that uh, even now there's a lot of uh, non-unity. Why can't I think of the word? That we are ununified. Is that the word? Anyway, um, in the church, there's a lot of people that like the way that some things are going. They don't like the way other things are going. They have a lot of problems with um, the way the some church policies that the church has put out. And I, as I was studying this, I just I felt like this is probably a topic that the first presidency or uh, the apostles are going to talk about in general conference coming up. I just feel like the the unity of the church is kind of wavering, as far as I like. I don't know if that's true, but from what I've seen, I just, I feel that way. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, um, I'm, I'm not like, I can't prophesy that that's going to happen or anything, but it just seems that way. But there are a lot of great scriptures in the, um, in the res- uh, the references here, the resources to, uh, read about as well. So if you go to Mosiah chapter 18, verse 21, it talks about how to obtain that unity that Paul's talking about here. Um, it says that they obtained it with love one towards another. And then in 4th Nephi chapter 1, uh, verses 15 through 17, and other great scriptures about unity, it talks about that every one of them esteemed every other person as their brother, or esteemed his brother as himself, sorry. And so to to do that, to to treat others as you want to be treated, basically, like to, to make it... Uh, to, to dummy it down, I guess. And then um, in Doctrine and Covenants, for, uh, section 38, verses 23 through 27, it talks about how the love of God d- did dwell in the hearts of all the people and that they were able to obtain unity in that way. So three different ways to, to help us achieve unity in our hearts um, that can help, you know, further uh, make this church a better church and to uh, help teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. How's that? Okay, uh, moving on to the next section. Uh, as we move through 1 Corinthians, um, they talk about accompli- to accomplish God's work, I need the wisdom of God. So Paul does a good job explaining here how the wisdom of the world is not the wisdom of God, and that God doth confound the wise. Um, he talks about... Um, just how the natural that we need to put off the natural man um, and basically do things spiritually to understand things spiritually, that the things of the world cannot testify to us the truthfulness, um, you know, of this doctrine th- that Jesus is the Christ. There's nothing in the world that can do that. It's just the Holy Ghost, and so we need to rely on the Holy Ghost uh, to teach us these things. Um, let's see here. There is. Uh, in in this um, section, it talks about how um, it says the wisdom of the world is the the phrase that Paul uses here. But um, there is a great quote um, from President Hinckley as he's talking with one of these scholars in the world about our missionaries and how our missionaries go out and teach. And let me, re- I think it's kind of lengthy, but I'm just going to read it anyway. And it says. Um, in reference to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, it's talking about God hath chosen the foolish to confound the wise. And um, in reference to this, this verse, there's a story here by Gordon B. Hinckley, and it said, 
I had been interviewed by a representative of the BBC Radio Worldwide Service. He had seen the missionaries and noted their youthful appearance. He asked me, how do you expect people to listen to, the ca- to these callow youth? In case some of you do not know the meaning of callow, it means immature, inexperienced, lacking sophistication. I replied to the reporter with a smile, callow youth. It is with these missionaries today as it, is, as it was with Timothy in the days of Paul. The remarkable thing is that people do receive them and listen to them. They are wholesome. They are bright. They are alert. They are upstanding. They are clean looking and people quickly develop confidence in them. Callow youth, yes, they are lacking in sophistication. What a great blessing this is. They carry no element of deception. They speak with no element of sophistry. They speak out of their hearts with personal conviction. Each is a servant of the living God, an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Their power comes not of their learning in the things of the world. Their power comes of faith and prayer and humility. So um, a great story um, from an experience from President Hinckley about just how important it is to rely on the spirit of the Lord and how sending out missionaries that don't have a lot of experience, that don't have a lot of learning from the things of the world, actually make them better missionaries and more able to rely on the Spirit to teach um, you know, the people and to uh, baptize. So um, moving on to the next section, it says, I need the Holy Ghost in order to understand the things of God. So this ties in closely with the section before, Um, just how the Holy Ghost testifies of all truth. And if we want to learn things about God, that we need to go to God and rely on the Holy Ghost to teach us those things. Um, So that's what this section talks about. And then we get into um, Paul teaching the people in Corinth um, that their bodies are sacred. There was... uh, I guess the people of Corinth widely believed that bodies were for pleasure and that you basically could do whatever you want with your body, um, regardless if you're married or uh, any situation you had going on. And so he goes into detail about the importance of your bodies and how we are all Christ's and Christ, have paid, Christ paid for our bodies uh, with, his, with the atonement. And um, in here it talks about a... Uh, sorry, a address from Sister Wendy W. Nelson um, in a worldwide devotional for young adults called Love and Marriage. And during this devotional talk, Sister Nelson gives four truths about love and marriage in her that she came across in her profession um, that she teaches. And so I, um, again, took notes. It was a great talk. I recommend just pulling that one up. It's on YouTube or it's on the church's site and you can watch and um, learn from Sister Nelson on the importance of the Holy Ghost um, and uh, being present in our marriages um, and in our relationships and how important the body is and how it's sacred. So um, in chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, ye are the temple of God. And he talks about how important it is to keep your bodies clean and to keep your your mind clean. And that goes right in with what Sister Nelson talks about, is keeping your mind clean, keeping your mind pure, and keeping your bodies pure. Um, Let's see here. 
moving on to the end of chapter seven, um, Paul talks a lot about um, talks a lot about being married or versus being single, and how if we're single, we can focus on God. And so I guess that caused some confusion, and the the book talks a little bit about it. But uh, sorry, the manual. But we know that um, through the Joseph Smith translation that Paul was speaking of missionaries, and he said, if you're a missionary, you can be a better missionary if you're not married. And if you are married, you should basically leave your spouse and where she is, come back to her later, or he is, and come back to him later, and go teach the gospel and then come back, um, because you will need to be worried about your spouse or about taking care of them and not worried about God um, if you are married at the time that you serve a mission. And so um, in the the manual, it says, um, let's see here, it says, the Lord taught through his servants, including Paul, that marriage is part of his eternal plan and necessary for exaltation. And so not to be confused during these, uh, during chapter seven, when he's talking about how being single is basically better than being married because you can focus on God. Uh, in the ideas for family and scripture study, uh, there's a lot of great things you can do uh, this week with um, teaching your family about keeping your body pure or um, unity. If you want to like everyone read a verse on unity and then talk about, um, there's just a lot of materials there for unity and how you can be unified as a family. Um, one thing that I like, as I was reading this, that came to mind to be unified as a family, I always felt like families that knelt and prayed together uh, during their family prayers, like th- just the just kneeling as a family, I feel like it brings more unity as a family. Like you're all taking this act together and um, more so than just praying together. So that was one that stood out to me, but, um, you know, do, do what you want. Um, there is a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in the beginning. Uh, Paul talks about how um, he has not given the saints of Corinth the meat. He gave them the milk first because... They were carnal, and they would not understand these spiritual things. And so uh, you can talk about how uh, there's the milk of the gospel, the simple truths that we need to understand, and then there's the meat of the gospel, um, that when we're ready and we have developed more into um, a saint, that we can understand and uh, have the meat of the gospel. It also reminded me of the scripture that you don't cast pearls before swine, so you don't really need to like give all these special things before you understand the simple truths. So kind of reminded me of that. Um, yeah. So that's basically the, the lesson this week. Um, pretty went through it pretty quick, but, um, in the improving personal study, it does say, be patient with yourself. Paul taught that milk comes before meat when we are learning the gospel. If you find that some doctrines are difficult to understand now, be patient. Trust that answers will come as you have faith and diligently study. So, um, yeah, just excellent advice from the manual, of course. And I hope you guys enjoy studying this week, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye.
believe in Christ, he stands supreme. From him I'll gain my fondest dream. And while I strive through grief and pain, his voice is heard, he shall obtain. I believe in Christ, so come what may. With him I'll stand in that great day. When on this earth he comes again to rule among the sons of men.